Hey everyone, Darren here. Well, Community Warfare Beta is live, and I've been dropping with my unit aces. You can check them out at aces-hq.com, and I've been having a great time with and against a lot of you out there. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, I highly, highly recommend it. So this is a final town hall meeting before the holiday break. Russ was kind enough to sit down with us for a couple hours after work and go into a bit of detail about what Community Warfare is now and where it's heading in 2015. As always, if you appreciate the content we're putting out, please head to our website at nogutsnogalaxy.net and click on the Amazon banner at the top before you do your Amazon shopping this holiday season. It won't add anything to your bill and gives us a little kickback for support. We appreciate it, as always, and without further ado, enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil from No Guts, No Galaxy, and this is another town hall meeting with Russ Bullock, president of Piranha Games. Tonight's town hall will focus primarily on the Community Warfare beta that launched last week, but if we have time, we may also take a little peek into the future of MechWarrior Online. I would first like to give a quick thank you to all of those who have and are helping behind the scenes with uh, tonight's meeting, including Catracel, Wingbreaker, Deadfire, and the NGNG crew. Thank you, guys. Also, a big thank you to all of you, the viewers. We appreciate you showing up and participating tonight. Uh, we will be taking your questions live and adding them to those that we've already gathered from the forums and Reddit and so forth. Uh, we are going to do our best to cover as many topics and, and issues as we can, but if but we are limited on time. Uh, so if we don't get to your question tonight, we apologize. It is nothing personal. Um, also, chat will be moderated uh, moderated tonight, so please keep it civil and respectful. And uh, let's jump right in and say hi to Russ, president of PGI and makers of MechWarrior Online. How are you doing tonight, Russ? Doing great. Thanks for having me on another one of these chats. Well, we appreciate it, of course. Um, some of us have had about almost a week of Community Warfare beta under our belts. There's a lot of excitement. Politics are underway. And as we were talking before, alliances are beginning to form. Uh, that being said, it is beta, and there are, of course, some issues and things that need to be developed further to realize the full potential of what community warfare is and should be. Um, and you did just announce a patch, right? Uh, hopefully tomorrow? Yeah, you know, we're just a little gun-shy. We're just waiting for QA, who's probably going to be here till at least uh, 9 or 10 o'clock tonight to confirm the patch is good to go. And even that's not a guarantee uh, compared to the amount of people that, of course, live test the game but mm -hmm. uh pretty soon we'll make it official and i'm feeling pretty confident tomorrow at 10 a.m we'll have a we'll have a patch so i'm really excited about the patch and can't wait to talk about it tonight excellent well if you have not seen the patch notes are live so go to mwomerks.com and uh it's the latest news you can see what is hopefully uh going to be coming to the game tomorrow morning but uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in we got a lot of questions so we're going to go through these as fast as i as we can uh together um, and of course, like I said, uh, we're trying to cover as many topics as possible, keeping them fresh, trying not to repeat ourselves. So, uh, bear with us as we go. The first question, uh, is from, well, our very own Wingbreaker, who I said was helping us. Uh, his question is, being that ammo is such a concern in community warfare and is very much a limiting factor on the builds that can be run, do you think that there will ever be limited use ammo drops, points, or consumables, or anything like that? Oh, thanks for the question. I guess, you know, I don't want to spend, um, of course, you know, the entire night saying something on the lines of like, we'll see, you know, maybe, <laughs> not sure yet. And of course, 
as you can imagine, that might be a fairly common thread throughout tonight because, you know, I think everyone out there is smart enough to know that we are, you know, we're we're just pushing as hard as we can right now. We pushed as hard as we could to get the patch out in time to get you guys, you know, a Community Warfare beta. And it's been definitely very rewarding for us to finally see that, of course. And as you might, and you probably can't even imagine um, how... Uh, incredible that was for the team and i guess the good no good news also is that as soon as it went out we weren't just like woo let's go on break it was uh everyone's so committed to the product that it was like okay you know we've got you know another week until we go on christmas break we've gotta we've gotta fix this you know some of these things that are big issues we've got to do as much as we can to uh make it as good as possible so that you know while we're gone on christmas break we can not only enjoy uh, the break but also um, make sure that everyone has as, as good a time as they can during the Christmas break. So, but also what that also kind of means is that we're not necessarily sitting on like a wealth of information right now as far as this is exactly what you can expect in the next, you know, month or something. We've got really good ideas, but as you might imagine, it's more about right now, especially this last week, it's been about fixing stuff. So I can give you my initial thoughts on the question. My initial thoughts would be, well, uh, I'm not sure how long we want mechs to live. Um, right now, he's talking about running out of ammunition, but to me that kind of seems like you've got mechs that are defending and they're living really quite a long time and they're destroying mechs they're trying to attack and you want to reload with ammunition and live even longer. Um, I might kind of go the other way with that and say well if that's the kind of build you took we you know you better have something else on your mech so that you can do as much damage as you can before you get obliterated and then you know your next mech spawns because it is kind of a battle of attrition right so we have to be very careful about how much we do as far as reloads repairs of mechs that um might potentially increase that battle of attrition but then again as i say that i think well that sounds pretty cool so i don't know guys um we got to really fix a lot of bugs right now and, and settle this thing in but i guess you might hear this a lot tonight too it's sort of like who knows there's there's really no limit to how far we can go from this point with community warfare and mech warrior so i think that's awesome news for all mech warrior fans my uh my community warfare drop deck definitely over you know, these five days has kind of transformed to one that is definitely energy dependent. Um, but I do try and sneak in some of those uh, ammo mechs as well. But uh, thank you for the question, Wingbreaker. And the next question is from Shredhead. He says, will you make the Community Warfare game mode and maps available for private lobbies? Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I, I don't... I can't give you an ETA yet, but basically... I would see that a lot of units would definitely like to practice strategies. That seems obvious, right? Put uh, um, attacking and get 24 of your unit together and play out your strategies, both uh, defensive and um, attack strategies. That is an absolute no-brainer. It will happen. I will not commit to the week, month, or year in which it will happen, though. Um, uh, just to let you know, we'll try as hard as we can to get it get it done. Sounds good. And I would like to point out, um, Phil is not with us tonight. He is sick. He's been sick for a few days. 
Uh, he usually runs the stream live when we do these things. So for those of you that are looking for the questions to be posted live, that's not going to happen tonight. But these will. Uh, this town hall meeting will immediately go up on SoundCloud. It'll immediately go up on YouTube um, for you guys to listen to. And there's, uh, for, I'm going to forget his name, and I'm so sorry, but this community member that will basically transcribe the whole thing. The guy is amazing, the work he does. So it'll be out there, and it'll be out there quick. Sorry that the uh, questions won't be posted live. Uh, moving on to the next question, Seth asks, uh, or states, I would love to get a readout of how many battles we fought on a given planet over the past 24 hours. I'm curious to know how points on a planet are assigned to a faction uh, that fights for a planet. If you have six people in that group that group up and we win a battle, does that equal six people from that same faction fighting separately and winning six different matches? Okay, I think I understand the question. Um, first off, I'm going to give you some more soons, of course, trademarks. Um, there's tons of stats that I'd love to be showing. You're right. I think when a planet, you click on a planet or hover over it, it would be really cool to see just how many battles were fought on that planet within the last combat cycle or even total. I think it would show some really, really impressive numbers. But as far as the question, I think I understand it, and that would be, I think he's got it right, meaning a lot of people are asking what tag gets displayed next to a planet and really comes down to the number of wins um, that a unit has and I believe that it even uh, breaks down into you know partial teams and such so for instance let's say there's late at night and there's even one pug you know unit member you know all by their lonesome hitting the queue uh, but they have the unit tag. If you get a win, that's basically going to be one vote, right? So a full team of 12 might turn into 12 votes. So, like, all votes count, whether you're running by yourself. You guys, that late at night, some of your guys are logging, and you've got two or four or six um, of your members in a group still running community warfare matches. That's the number of votes you'll get. So basically every single win you get with every single member, it just all counts. So I think... Uh, correct me, Darren, if, that, if you took the question a little bit differently, but I believe that mm-hmm. answers it, I think. No, that was uh, that answers it as far as I can tell. So thank you for the question, Seth. Next question is from Sir Edward. He says, any thoughts on expanding invasion mode to include optional pre-objectives for the attackers to destroy, for example, air traffic control that move the defender spawn further back, supply depot that decreases defender spawn rate, turret control tower, etc.? Well, this is again another one of those questions that mm-hmm. we'll probably get ten, to, you know, ten different times tonight. Right. Um, and I think the answer is essentially yes, but it's just, you know, what form will it take first, and then next, and then next, and then next? Because of course we're going to grow the game as much as we can. Um, I hope, I really do hope. We've we've had a couple preliminary conversations about it, but it's difficult. I'm kind of squeezing in these conversations in the middle of uh, really just like nonstop you know, working till midnight triage, you know, bug fixing. So right now everyone's really focused on just trying to make it solid, right? So we're, it's it's less like, wow, you know, what pie in the sky dream. So the designers right now are really, unfortunately, we're not like forging ahead, like what if, what if, this will be amazing. It's more, we're trying to like pitch in at just, you know, fixing stuff and make it, make it all solid and tight before we, uh, 
um, move forward. But I can tell you, it's hard to keep us down for long, and we're we're already dreaming. And uh, there's no doubt we. I want to get another game mode in, you know, as soon as possible. So I, even if that means like a, uh, you know, putting like a skirmish game mode in, where you know I'm envisioning and everyone in my dev team now is listening, and they're just like starting to cringe. Um, <laughs> You know, basically, I would love to see um, these maps are pretty big, and so there might possibly be enough room at the front of them, you know, outside of the gates, for let's say a landing to happen, and uh, the attackers need to have a ha- need to have a successful landing before they're allowed to have, um, you know, an invasion mode. So, I don't know. Let's get your minds tripping by thinking of a, a like a, a you know a Union class dropship coming out of the clouds and <laughs> landing in one of the biggest places and dumping off you know just twelve mechs and perhaps maybe this mode is you know twelve v twelve skirmish mode and um, you need to stay in cover. The Union class is going to melt you and then once it takes off, it's a brawl, a skirmish, and if the attackers are successful, then they get the opportunity of an invasion. So that's just a high-level dream, and I know all of you just wrote it down and said, you promised me, Russ. I didn't promise you. I just said that would be really cool. So I'd like to get another game mode in um, and, and kind of just make sure we you know, expand upon community warfare and kind of double up its thickness, if you will, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, as quickly as possible so we'll see um and then we'll talk about maps i'm sure in a bit so we can talk about how we're adding a couple relatively soon which mm-hmm. you guys would love to hear yeah now i do want to reiterate of course um you guys pushed out uh community warfare beta early uh, allowing us to kind of essentially get in there test it work out some of the kinks and the patch that's coming uh will be getting it up as operational as possible as as, as good as possible before everybody goes on the holiday break um, so yeah, a lot of these questions are obviously stuff that's going to be early 2015, mid 2015, maybe even beyond. Um, just everybody out there needs to understand that Russ is going to have to kind of keep saying, you know, soon, cause all this is a wish list, And, and of course we all have our individual wish list. PGI has their wish list, So let's just keep all that in mind. Um, the next question is from Demonicky. He says, what further tweaks are planned for community warfare and, or the g- general public queue that you can tell us? So this is. A pretty broad question, but I guess anything significant. Okay, well, let's take this opportunity to talk about, um, I guess, upcoming maps. So I can, you know, discuss that. You guys have two maps uh, right now, and of course, they're going to continue to go through changes. I think, actually, relatively significant changes. I think you can tell that the two maps that you have were put out in really quick order. Um, you know, they're nowhere near perfect. I would suggest they're going to get much better as we go along here. Um, I think they're both really nice maps, and uh, it's a real testament to the team for to, to get it done. But, um, you know, Boreal is um, potentially the travel distance from the gates to the bases. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it just right? Is it too much? You know, um, in Sulfur, it's a quite a travel distance just to get to the gates and then you're basically sitting on top of the base so I think they're going to get significantly better from here on out and we're going to try to make sure that we um, put everything we've learned so far into these next maps but I can tell you that uh, there are two more maps lined up. Uh, the first, the next one will be, and most of you guys have heard about this I think, it is uh, um, a Canyon Networks themed map it's, I think we're 
internally we're calling it Gorge, and I'm sure by the time we release it, Dennis will have named it something different, <laughs> but it's called Gorge right now as a working title. Um, cool, you know, it's a, it's a nice texture set theme from the public matches. And uh, we have a fourth one that is, you know, a little earlier in the stages right now, but it's a Termaline Desert theme. So, you know, as you can see, we have, you know, at least a dozen themes now to go through, Swamp and all the others that mm-hmm. we'll use before we get we get done and you know we'll we'll try to be mindful of how we create them not only to learn from what we've done so far and what works for community warfare but potentially try to keep in mind that you know landing type thought process where there might be enough room you know outside of the gates to do something like that um all very exciting obviously as you can imagine so there you go the gorge uh the termaline come on someone help me working title (laughs) The, for, uh, for the got, bigger tourmaline uh, I got nothing I got nothing so yeah. those are the ones that we have coming out right now what do you think Darren what about the question Does well that answer it or yeah but I do say? have a, I have a couple follow-ups one is the, with the two new maps and now I understand that the Canyon Network one gorge uh, has probably already received some development or is further along than the other one but has the release of these first two community warfare maps um, reflected in the design of the gorge and then the following map like the stuff that you're learning from us playing on it? Yeah, almost, I mean, I would say it will. Uh, I mean, I know Paul and I were talking just today. We were we sat down in front of the third map where it was like, oh, no, like this needs a lot of work because mm-hmm. – and that's all comes directly from what we've learned so far in Community Warfare. Um, you know, the perch spots where the attackers will shoot the generators uh, being too far away and this, that, and the other. And just everything we've learned so far, and there's more to be learned um, – we like oh no we have to do that still so i will say this and i'm gonna bust everyone's ass and like crack the whip um i wish i could get you a third map in january unfortunately because the way the christmas break works we come back on like the fifth and like the patch is like the next day and like january 6th i'm not sure what's going to be in that patch i hope we'll have one it might be like a few minor bugs um basically probably what we can fix friday and a few of us on monday and tuesday ends up being like a teeny tiny little patch on the 6th. So there you have it. Just just breaking it to you now. Yeah. Um, but January 20th, I guess it would be a little more significant, but we're testing the January 20th patch by you know the 6th, 7th. So it looks like the third Community Warfare match will be February 3rd. So there you go. I'm throwing it out there. Dropping That's what I'm date. pushing for. There you go. You can hang me, I guess. But <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be pushing hard for... Uh, February 3rd. Paul, make sure you get your work done, buddy. Um, we need to get that out February 3rd. want to get another one in your hands as quickly as possible. Um, the fourth one, I don't know. Um, you Somewhere know, roughly that. speaking, I hope no more than about a month after because the way this works, um, that could be feasible. All right, and then a final follow-up on the, the map question. The current, uh, the two current maps, um, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to expect to see some minor tweaking to that. Um, maybe, you know, polishing up the map, st- stuck spots where people, you know, terrains getting caught, whatever. Um, do you think we should expect anything in the beginning of the year as far as uh, bigger changes to those maps? Maybe rearranging things a little bit or is there anything on the radar? Um, well, there's going to be, you know, some significant changes for even even tomorrow. Um okay. I guess tomorrow's patch, I guess, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you guys have read the patch notes by now, or 
probably a lot of you have. Um, and I guess this all plays into it. One of the most significant changes is the fact that um, we've changed the Omega Canon to, you know, a lot. all of us have been discussing it at length, and, and I'm sure I've seen plenty of tweets and a lot of people making similar suggestions. It's a pretty um, uh, logical change. And that's the Omega Canon, of course, has a cover, some kind of a, you know, a door that covers up its own generator. And I don't know why they don't create mechs out of the same material because then <laughs> they'd be invulnerable. I get it. Yeah. But they don't. That's a magical material that you don't get access to. <laughs> but that is invulnerable and you can't kill it, right? So now there are three generators scattered throughout the base. And they're fairly small and they're fairly low hit points. They have about half the hit points of the gate generators. Um, so they can be attacked fairly quickly. I think a couple light strike team, they can reach them, could probably take those out. Um, and then the once those three have been taken out, the, um, the doors to the Omega Cannon open up. So you can see the generator, then go attack it and destroy it. So, related to that question are changes to the map. What we're trying to accomplish, and we're not saying we've gotten all the way there yet, and we probably haven't, but what we'd like to see is more attackers actually penetrating the gates, going through and making their way to the base and brawling amongst the base more frequently, right? And so we'd like them to be able to do that without having to do more of a base rush tactic. So we've done what we can so far to pull up the train in a few spots, put more blockers so that once the gates are open, I feel like the defenders are going to have to split up a little more and kind of guard each individual gate because there are bits of terrain and blockers, more of them present than there used to be, that once they rush through the gate and kind of find one of these terrain channels, they're going to be relatively protected uh, comparatively to now until they get up into the base. So I hope it has the effect that there's a lot less just fighting at the gates only and more mechs making their way past the gates into the channels, uh, moving up towards the bases. Um, and then as far as the total hit points are concerned, I did lower the hit points, as the patch will say, of the Omega Cannon. But if you add all the three mini, mini generators up plus the Omega Cannon, you still end up at about you know a plus 125 hit points. I think. Uh, think about that for a second. Maybe it's um, yeah, I think 125. So I think it's like uh, 125 hit points more total when you when you include it all all together. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm hopeful, thoughtful, and. Uh, that kind of plays into some of the changes we've made with the dropships too. If you'd like to get into that now, uh, into the dropships, sure. Um, well, well, first of all, yeah, thank you. That was a, a good answer for all those questions. Um, just moving on, do you do you want to touch on dropships? I don't have a specific question queued up. Yeah, Darren, just um, give me one second here. Mm -hmm, okay, okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna step away from the mic for just ten seconds. No problems at all. Um, I gotta feed some hungry programmers. <laughs> Understood. All right, guys, uh, we are going to just take a, a short, really short break here. Um, again, Phil is sick tonight. We all wish him well. I uh, hope you get better, buddy. He's probably listening. Um, 
And again, this will be uh, posted. I'm back. Look at, see how quick was that? Yeah, it's on. I, I had someone arrange to take care of it, but the, <laughs> I heard the doorbell. I just wanted to make sure. No worries. Okay. All right. So, um, dropships. Do you want to uh, do you want to interject with uh, some news about dropships? Well, just just minor changes. Um, you know, down out, out of the attack attackers um, dropship points. Um, at this point, we have changed the loadout of the various dropships. So basically, there's a difference. Uh, they used to have all dropships had seven medium lasers and five ER large lasers, you know, inner sphere weapons. Um, now the attacking dropships have 12 ER large lasers. So it'll help. I think um, some of the units that rush out towards the attacker spawn points are going to take more damage than they used to. Um, we also changed it so that dropships only fire their weapons when the weapon can do full damage. So they won't be reaching out to like 1,300 meters and tickling people a little bit. They're going to wait, and if you get within the 635 meters, I guess, of an inner sphere large laser, um, you're going to get tagged, and you can get tagged with quite a few weapons if you're by yourself. If there's a few of you, it's going to spread out the damage a bit like it does now, but 12 year large instead of just the five. So, And then in the bases, though, since we are trying to promote more... Um, people using these new terrain cover channels, making their way into the base, brawling a bit more, finding these new three mini generators. We've changed the defensive dropships to just have their existing seven medium lasers. And again, they only fight when they can hit for full damage, so 270 meters really. So if you happen to be in and around right around the dropship drop point when they're dropping off friendly mechs, there is seven medium lasers to contend with. But they won't be reaching out and tagging people all over the enemy base with their, or the, you know, the the, the main base with their large lasers. Um, so I think the friendly drops just became a little less angry. <laughs> um, so there we go. We're going to see how that plays out. I hope for the best. Well, cool. That'll obviously change the dynamic. It'll be interesting to see, you know, because I've seen already certain units establish certain uh, tactics and so forth. So it'll be cool to see how the changes to the map, the and and the dropships change the dynamics of the matches uh we'll move on to the next question it is from arthur valor he says will you be resetting the uh, community warfare intersphere map once the beta is over and how long do you think we'll be in beta anyway um i think doesn't maybe doesn't know exactly how things work but you can reiterate what was the very first part of that question well whether the community well are you guys going to reset the community intersphere map at all on any you know, kind of regular basis, or is it just going to be ongoing, dynamic, whatever happens with the player population? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, He's asking if you'll reset it after beta. Yeah, I mean, I would say entering beta, I kind of lean towards the fact that we wouldn't reset it. Um, You know, seeing now that we're a weekend and seeing still just watching the clans kind of quickly, you know, dip down towards Terra, and there's quite a few plans that have already changed hands. It makes me start to wonder if we if we might want to reset it at beta. So I guess I would say I don't know at this point. I don't know for sure. I think we'll take some, probably quite a bit of directions from our players. I'm sure there's a lot of them that might want to call it, kind of kind of go fresh when, when beta drops. Others won't. So I, I can't answer that right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still open to being swayed one way or the other, depending. Um... And uh, I think the rest of his questions was... Uh, well, just how long you think beta will last? 
How long? Yeah, I don't know for sure. I really hope it doesn't last any longer than, uh, you know, the first half of 2015. I would like to see, you know, the summer of 2015 being um, more of an official launch of uh, Community Warfare. But um, I don't know. You know, I'm sorry. Ask me in a what, January town hall, and I might have a better answer for you. What are the targets for calling it official or whatever? What are what are the um, what do you? Yeah, I don't know if we know yet. I think uh, right. we have to have obviously. There's a lot of bug fixing left to do, but we want to add at least a significant amount of more depth to it. We'd like to add definitely some more game modes, a little more uh, depth to the, you know, the invasion process and. Um, at what point is it invasion? What point is it something else? And how do you go about taking over planets? Should be you know different than than it is currently. And of course, you know, a lot of people talk about logistics. I think we're in favor of at least some uh, logistics that really add important aspects to the game. So I don't think we know right now. And I know that's a dangerous thing because you know I'm sure. I'm sure we'll add to Community Warfare indefinitely. So it's almost like when an on- online game like this, we I think we all understand that the tag beta is kind of, uh, well, it doesn't serve quite the purpose that it does traditionally, right, for traditional games. Because, we're, I mean, we're still adding features like every two weeks, every month to, to Mechor Online, yeah. right? We're, it's perpetual development. But, you know, we're saying we're not in beta yet. Uh, Theoretically, you could be in beta indefinitely. So I guess now it's about hitting sort of a minimum target and saying, okay, that's enough features to say we're launched. And usually they're related to, um, you know, marketing milestones of saying, well, we'd like to go out in Steam in 2015 and perhaps we'd like to go out in Steam before the, the big summer sales. So perhaps that's our target to sort of be ready for Steam and also have Community Warfare out of beta. So there's some very loose thinking, you know, by myself, uh, you know, with kind of my business lens on, and that's mm-hmm. about as good as I can do for you right now. Okay, and real quick, I do want to point out that we're not talking about MechWarrior Online beta. We're talking about Community Warfare beta. There is a difference. Now, the the first, or the next question is from, I want to say, On1M or Onim or whatever, sorry. Um, and his question is, why is there no queue or lobby tab that says how many people are in the queue for a planet? This would uh, let people know roughly how long the wait time will be. I want to expand on that, though, um, because there's a lot of just questions flying left and right in, re- in terms of basically the queue times, um, both you know solo dropping, um, less than 12 groups, and 12 mans. Uh, do you want to expand on that as far as just queue times in general and what the purpose of community warfare is as opposed to you know, uh, random battles, single player drops, dropping solo queue, group queue, or whatever. Yeah, I and mean, of course, um, if you've read the Passion of Sorars, um, I, I think fairly, fairly significant improvements to help people with those aspects. But maybe I can shed some light on exactly how it works right now. Essentially, a twelve-man unit. You know, they have pretty good times right now. I mean, they're essentially if a twelve-man unit clicks on a planet and clicks attack or defend they're guaranteed to get a match um they might in the worst case situation get you know an auto win type thing because there isn't you know attackers or defenders on the other side but they are guaranteed to be active to play and uh to get a match 
And then it you know it breaks down from there. But I think everyone can understand that that was our first initial target. It's like okay, this is a hardcore feature, and I think the vast majority of our listeners here, most of them are saying that's what they wanted, right? They're saying, give us something more than the you know pub queue, give us something more hardcore. And so that was our mandate. We felt from the player base to create that. So we did. And so it's no, I guess, surprise that it's the most suited right now to units, large units, and 12-man unit groups. Um, so then as you break down from there and you get into smaller size groups, your wait time can get more significant. And there's a lot of stuff in your current build that is definitely confusing, in meaning you could go to um, a planet and say attack, for instance, and sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there as a solo player for 25 minutes or more people have talked about an hour and i believe them but the confusing thing is it doesn't mean that there's nothing happening on the planet in fact there's probably been dozens and dozens and dozens of matches that have kicked off on that planet while they've been waiting but what's happening is the ma- i wrote a post about this but i'll i'll, I'll restate it here the matchmaker for each is separate for each planet. And there can be multiple matches going off on the planet at the same time. In fact, there can probably be, I'm not sure what the uh, mathematical limit is, but it could be as many as 60, I would say, going off at the exact same time in a perfect situation. And the reason that works that way is that the matchmaker says, okay, I'm putting together strike teams, 12-man strike teams both on the attack side and the defense side. So if you show up as a 12-man unit, you're automatically in a strike team. That's why you automatically know you're going to get into queue and you're going to wait your turn and you're going to get a match. Whether a full-on match or an automatic win, you're going to fight. Um, but those that aren't in 12-man units, the matchmaker's doing the classic um, Tetris game of putting together these pieces of the puzzle. So if you have like a 9-man unit or a 7-man group, um, things get a little bit tough. As a solo player, you might be sitting there in the queue and 12-man unit after 12-man unit after 12-man unit just keeps passing you by and just launching, 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 launching into community warfare. And you're sitting there, you know, and you don't know right now that in the current build that you guys have that there's three solo players, you know, a group of three and a group of four sitting in there and just sitting in there and then the group of four leaves and then another solo guy comes in. But bottom line is... The 12-mans just keep passing you by, the 12-man strike teams, and you haven't quite been able to form a 12-man strike team in that queue yet. In fact, maybe even a, you know, a few larger groups came in, but they just didn't quite fit the puzzle. And that's kind of the trade-off again, kind of like the conversation we've had about the group queue of having every group size being valid from 2 to 12. It creates a lot of jigsaw puzzle pieces, and it creates more situations where... They just don't fit together. But that's the world we live in right now and giving uh, our players every uh, every group size. So that's why it's a pretty, as someone said in the chat a minute ago, the pug life is a tough life. Um, <laughs> it's hard in community warfare. You can definitely sit there a while. Um, here's what's coming in the patch tomorrow. There's a couple changes I think are fairly significant. No, unfortunately, we haven't been able to switch, change it um, so that, for instance, you can group with any of your faction members. That's something that was a little too in-depth for us to take before the Christmas break. So you still can only group with your unit members. Um, 
and there's no global chat or anything like that. Those things are in discussion, and again, there just was no time prior to Christmas break. Mm-hmm. But what we were able to do is say, okay, first off, on the industry map, on the Planet Finder window, when you look at the Planet Finder window, you're going to see real player numbers there. You'll see the real number of players on the attacker side and real number of players on the defender side. Um, and that's for all 35 planets that are contested. So on a busy weekend, you might see, you know, 54 attackers and 48 defenders. And you'll know. You'll look at that and say, well, okay, those are busy planets. Um, and you might even look at the number of, let's say, for instance, you guys are smart people. You'd look at the number of attackers and you say that was uh, 47. Well, 47 is not 48, right? So... It's not even 12. You know that one member jumping in there on the attacker side is probably going to finish off a 12-man group. So you jump in there on the attacker side, you're you know, you're going to probably be likely to find uh, a match. But in general, if you were to jump in on the busy planets, um, you know there's a little more information there for you as the player. If you are in the middle of the night and you see the defender side at zero, you know you're probably in for pretty tough sledding. So you might not want to jump in that that area so we've we've managed to do that that should help a fair bit and then also once you click attack and defend we've added another piece in there where um and because we know our player base pretty well and we know what you guys love to do we've actually called this ghost players i'm sure you guys will appreciate that essentially Let's you know the the twelve man team thing that's sitting there, and right now it's just like empty, right, all the time until all of a sudden, bam, your twelve man shows up. So all you guys that play nothing but twelve mans, you don't really know what I'm talking about. But everyone that's playing in like small groups or solo, they know. They just sit there and the thing's empty. Well, now it's gonna actually fill up. So if there's like nine of you in there, like three solo and you know a group of four and a group of two, you're gonna sh- you're gonna see like you know nine spots filled up there in that thing. But it'll say pending player on it. That's where the ghost player thing comes from. Because essentially the matchmaker is only returning a total number. It's saying, well, there's nine in here. There's nine people in the pre-queue. So basically, um, the nine players show up in the pre-queue. And you know, well, shit, there, you know, there's nine here. That's probably worth hanging out. We just need like one more group of three to show up or three more pugs and we're good. Um, so as you see, I think that's going to be valuable for players. You're going to see that change in real time. That's going to provide a lot more information for players to understand exactly what's going on there. And the patch notes mentioned how we will be in the new year also adding sort of a graph mentality in there. So you can see, well, not only do I know there's nine people in here, I know that there's, it's a you know three pugs, a group of four, and a group of two. And so as you can imagine in a separate situation, if you see um, – you know, three groups of eight in there, you might say, oh, well, if you're one of those groups of eight, you're going to say, all we have to do is we could make the choice, the eight of us, to split our group into two groups of four, and we know we're going to get a match because it's going to make 12. So for the time being, we're trying to provide our players with as much information as they can so they can make the best decisions possible to get matches throughout the Christmas break. And then, of course, we'll just continue to make more improvements as we as we go along here to the queue and everything. So I think it's fairly significant. There's um, for the first time ever, there's like real player numbers being shown. Um, those are each planet's going to display real player numbers. So all of you guys can, 
you know, get out your calculators and add them all up and say, well, geez, you know, if there's this many here, that means this, and we're done. Right. Shut it down. It's over. Game's yeah, dead. So, so there you go. I hope that helps somewhat, and it's going to be a pretty exciting patch, actually. Well, it's been interesting. I've been dropping uh, with my unit and s- some buddies, and, and I, I can tell just from talking to a lot of people in the community, some people are having, a, you know, an easier time with the matchmaking. Uh, they've figured something out. And some people are having more of a difficult time. I think it will be nice, especially over, you know, the first few months of the year uh, as things get fine-tuned and see that whole matchmaking process develop and, and get better. Um, I've been having, been getting in a lot of matches, having a lot of fun. Um, and I want to see other people experience uh, the same thing and, and, and have that good time. So thank you for that question, uh, Own. And then there was a few people in chat as well live that asked similar questions. The next question is from our own Catrickell. He says, uh, we recently have seen incentives go to factions that are not performing well or are maybe underpopulated. Um, and uh, he wants to know if we'll ever see the same incentives being added uh, for dropping lighter into battle. So basically, if you bring a subpar drop deck or underton or whatever, um, would it possibly increase your payouts? And then also to... Uh, to go a little bit further on that question of uh, adjusting incentives, will that ever be something that maybe will be automated? So as player populations um, grow or, or shrink during different times of the day, incentives change? Well, on the first part of his question, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to throw that up and say, yes, someday, hopefully, probably, that sounds cool. Um, on the rest of it, um, I think we're kind of close as far as adjusting rewards. So... Of course, from the designer side of things, we love to have as many um, adjustable CVARs and, you know, as we call them in, with CryEngine, uh, to be able to adjust the game in real time without having to bring the game down for a patch. And so we can do some of the things like that. Like right now, for instance, I could change the number of wins from 11 to 15. So, or, or you know, the number of zones, I should say, from 11 to 15. And right now, you have to have six of 11 to flip. And if I went to 15, then you'd have to have, what, eight, right? You'd have to have eight zones to flip it. Um, and some of that's changed with the patch, of course. We've gone to a percentage indicator and a much better indication of what zone you're actually fighting for. So that's also improved quite a bit. But as an example, it can change the number of zones in real time. Um, might create a bug because it might overlap some of the UI, some of it's not tested. But um, you mentioned as far as the uh, the other things I can change in real time is the amount of rewards. So when we changed the rewards, we increased, we actually went 100% increase on, for Lao, um, Smoke Jaguar, right? And then we gave a small 25% increase to uh, Jade Falcon. That was purely based on population levels. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically set kind of a, a, a minimum bar based on the others and said, well, if they don't have this much, let's let's give an increase. And so we can do some of that in real time. And we did discuss um, together as a designer group saying, you know, could the engineers quickly write a, you know, a routine to just monitor population levels and say, you know, these are the thresholds. And when you cross these thresholds, we're just going to um, change in real time the rewards. So that seems logical that um, we'd end up with something like that eventually. Otherwise, you know, we'd be just having to do it manually. You know, each week maybe we'd assess and just say, well, let's change the rewards now based on how the population shifted. Excellent. Um, 
That sounds good. Uh, Roadbeer is in chat. Hi, Roadbeer. Uh, didn't like that we asked a, an NGNG Creek question. Just so you guys all know, everybody that uh, asked questions as they were submitted, we put them on here. We didn't play favorites to anybody. But, uh, Roadbeer, I see you, and I'm going to ask one of your questions. Um, I think you already touched on one of his, which is um, faction-based grouping rather than just solely unit-based grouping, right? Is there anything you want to expand on well yeah i guess i will just say i did mention that and i said to roadbeer on twitter that the you know it'd take a christmas miracle to get it done in time before the break and unfortunately santa claus has not been good to us or whoever gives out <laughs> christmas miracles it's not going to happen before christmas but i mean from our perspective internally that's uh that's an you know an absolute it's a must we gotta have it we gotta do it um i won't give an eta here again but uh we definitely want to make it so you can group with your faction members. So uh, um, it's going to happen, right, Brian? Brian just sneaked in. It's, it's going to happen, happen, he said. But, and yeah. that totally applies to what we were just talking about as far as queue times, right? I mean, all of a sudden, with entire factions being able to group, we'll get more 12-man, so more people in the queue, and that'll help with the overall queue, wouldn't you think? Well, I think it's going to help with... Yeah, I mean, it, it's another one of those things that's going to help. I mean... Mm-hmm. Obviously, people can kind of realize that along with grouping with your faction members, um, we have to have some other way of just sort of seeing them, right? Like, where are those, you know, two dozen solo pugs that you can go to and try to invite into your group? So it probably has to go hand in hand with some other method of seeing them. And, you know, the first thing that pops up in mind is global chat. I don't know if global chat will happen because there's some fairly legitimate technical concerns when you have that many players in some kind of global chat and not only like the kind of garbage that can get spewed, but just how uh, careful you have to be with, you know, flooding, you know, a chat log like that. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of thinking to do there, but some other way of just, I see you pugs, I'm going to invite you, you know, to my group. Um, but at any rate, that would probably come as a secondary phase. The first phase is just flat out being able to invite uh, other members of your faction. So you know the other main unit, the other two or three main units in your faction, and it's late at night, and a lot of their members are logging too. So you can, you know, you combine. can invite them into your groups and combine. In fact, Paul's got a cool idea for a merge group option that uh, we haven't run past the engineers yet to get the technical assessment, but. Basically, potentially at the end of the match, at the end of round screen, you can just sort of choose to merge groups or something, and I just caused some heart attacks among the office. But basically, we're thinking about you guys. Definitely got to be able to group with your faction members, for sure. Yeah, that'll be much appreciated. Somebody said uh, that uh, Santa is owned by Harmony Gold, so that would explain a lot. Um, thank you, Beer, for your question. Uh, we'll we'll get to you some of your other questions later. Next question is from Keith Jr. He says, Community Warfare has shown how uh, important team coordination can be. When can we expect tools that will allow solo players to communicate better with their teammates? And I would assume that means like Command Wheel or uh, VoIP. Yeah, we spent some time talking about those two again yes, um, tonight. Basically, um, that's going to be top of the mind come January. And uh, we've got to figure out how we can do it. But um, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, you know, I can't give an ETA yet, but 
basically command will and VoIP. Those are really our only two options, right? I mean, if you want to direct solo pugs and whatnot, you got to be able to talk to them. And you have to be able to talk to them in one of two ways. You need to either send some commands through some kind of command will system that they that'll actually spew into the chat window of some kind, or even be able to, you know, talk to them with your voice. So same answer as before. It's just now that Community Warfare has shipped, I hope like heck we can uh, give it some attention in the new year and, and try to implement those two features. Excellent. Um, just moving down the document. Uh, let's see. The next question is from Jay35. He says, will we see additional in-match contextual rewards for attackers like uh, turret kill assist, gate generator kill assist, base gun generator kill assist, etc.? Well, those rewards are a little bit behind. Um, you guys know we did rewards 2.0 not so long ago. Um, I thought it was a great addition to the game. I think everyone really enjoyed them. Uh, we also we have an update to that system. So essentially, it's going to update it. We updated it with a lot of stuff people were talking about, like meaning, um, you know, the mech that tanked the most damage during the match and um, ECM rewards and just, you know, a whole other... I guess, improvement addition on top of Rewards 2.0, but still kind of based on public matches. So I want to get all those in. Um, once those are in, I think we can look at um, creating new Community Warfare-specific rewards. But um, <clears throat> are they... Uh, then you guys will be making too much money after that, though, right? I mean, <laughs> I know a lot money. of you guys have been. I know a lot of you guys have been saying like, "Rust, nerf the sea bills. It's too much." It's yeah. yeah I'm, I'm getting. Sure. I'm making too much. Yeah. So, so many sea bills were spent. I know this is my situation with the uh, the modules. Um, I typically was moving my same set of modules from mech to mech, and then with these drop decks, obviously, people had to spend a few sea bills to to get multiple mechs set up. But uh, speaking of drop decks, uh, J35 has another question, which <clears throat> I think is pretty significant because I, I kind of ran into this as well. He said, uh, can you add the Mech Labs mech loadouts pop-up, you know, when you mouse over uh, a mech uh, to the dropship configuration screen when you're selecting your four mechs so that you can mouse over it and uh, their portraits there and see that you have the right mech with the right loadout, etc." Uh... Cool question. I don't know if I can answer that right now. It's a UI obviously, thing. Yeah, yeah dropship functionality right now is obviously at a bare minimum. Mm -hmm. The interface for you know creating your drop deck is exactly bare minimum, and just expected to get better from there. I guess that's all I can say. It's a bare minimum functionality right now where you click on a mech and it kind of pops and snaps around, and it's not that great, but it works. Fill out your drop deck and go fight. Fight for your factions. All right, the next question is a long one. It is from Spiral Face. Uh, let's see here. He is asking, "What are you guys seeing in relation to faction population size, uh, success versus number of active large group uh, in Community Warfare?" As a Ghost Bear, I've found when dropping against a larger population faction like Kirita, there's a, a better chance of running into large pub groups over the many coordinated units in the smaller factions like uh, the FRR. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. This has to do with yeah, I mean, basically, just player populations, how that is affecting community warfare. Um, yeah, I can yeah. jump on that. I mean, 
There's a lot of factions with a, with pretty big populations, I guess I'll say. If I if I set like a, <clears throat> sort of a minimum, you know, category in my mind of like at least a few thousand players, um, there's quite a few factions that meet that criteria. I mean, there's Wolf and and uh, Ghost Bear, Steiner and Davian certainly, Kirita as well, uh, Merrick. Um, just a little smaller than the other bigger ones, but uh, they they meet that criteria too. So really, just the only smaller ones, the ones that we adjusted. I mean, it's really Lau, uh, Jade Falcon, and um, Smoke Jaguar. Um, Smoke Jaguar being the smallest, but just just by a hair. I mean, those three are not too far apart, within a couple hundred of each other, really. So, I guess. The main thing we're seeing, though, is, and, and we're definitely concerned about it, is that the, you know, some of it's by design and kind of the way we wanted it, but once you see it happening in real time, it becomes more of a concern, and that's, you know, larger populations just having the advantage, mostly due to sort of the auto-win um, functionality. It's, you know, it's, it's a very complex design, and there was a lot of concerns when we were talking about it of, you know, units attacking until they get six zones and then just stop attacking and then you win, right? So we have to design a, the functionality of attacker being able to counterattack and be able to push back before the time ran out and to be able to push back as much as it can. So all that kind of adds together where large populations can, at the moment, flood the queue and, you know, just attack, 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 or counterattack, counterattack, counterattack. And there's not much that a lower population can do about it. The only thing that we have to stop that at the moment is basically, a, you know, an automatic win has a five-minute countdown. So I think I said this before, but I think I said the theoretical maximum is 60 matches on a planet. The reason I say that is if there's plenty of people on both sides, you only wait 60 seconds, then you kick off. So essentially, it'll kick off a match on that planet every 60 seconds if there's lots of players involved. If you're at a particular point in time where one side or the other is exhausted, it waits five minutes. And if you see in the patch notes, that's one thing that we've actually adjusted. It's the only tool that we have at the moment to deal with the auto wins. Um, is we set the auto win cooldown timer or the wait time, I guess you'd say, at 10 minutes. So basically, it should help the lower population factions keep up with the higher population players. Um, it comes with some trade-offs, but it's the best we can do at the very moment. Um, so I think a lower population faction after the patch should feel a little better about themselves because I think if they can, uh, you know, potentially even run uh, four, let's say, you know, three, four non-stop 12-mans, they might, they should have a standard good chance if they have a good winning ratio of keeping up with the ability to flood the queue. So I think that answers your question, but I got a little sidetracked. Um, that's kind of how the dynamics are playing out with, uh, you know, population size right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess, uh, you know, it, it's something to consider would be to um, show a pie graph somewhere, potentially about uh, just showing percentages of 100% where the factions are at the moment. So maybe that would kind of uh, encourage people to kind of even things out a bit. Um, you never know how players will behave, though. Maybe they'll just flood to the bigger one. 
it's tough to say. So at the moment, I've given you the information you need, really, it seems like. Um, and then, of course, there's the other notion of North America versus Europe and the other time zones. It's Right now, there's definitely a bias towards North America. And, you know, if we're going to get a feature out on time and, you know, just being based here and everything, it's logical that we would do that, of course. But we'd like to figure out something in the new year to uh, make it a little more fair for kind of a worldwide player base. And I don't know yet. There's absolutely no commitment to what we'll do. One idea is to potentially create the battle phase slightly longer than 24 hours so that over the course of a week or whatever, it kind of rotates slowly through all the time zones. So once in a week, everybody kind of has the, you know, the final push. That's just one thought. That's just one idea. I'm sure the European players would love that. Um, we'll let you know as soon as we know a little bit more. But that's kind of all I have at the moment as far as population base, faction sizes, and how it's kind of playing out in community warfare right now. And, of course, there's you know things that the players can do, politics, alliances, etc., uh, teaming up on the big bullies. But um, we'll move on to the next one. The next question, <clears throat> question is from Mace. He says, lately this year, MWO has brought uh, FPS issues to gamers at random, regardless of PC specs. In training grounds, my frame rates are in the 90s, varied on the map, but uh, during matchmaking, it can drop as low as 12. HUD and particles seem to be the biggest culprits to frame, uh, FPS drops. Um, and basically, he just wants to know if there's going to be any optimizations coming or things that you can let him know along those lines. Yeah, I mean, there has been a lot of uh, optimizations. Um, I think you're going to get different results from different players. Um, for myself, I've noticed I, what I feel is faster frame rates in public matches since Community Warfare came out because during the development of Community Warfare, we did a lot of optimizations because we knew we were going to have to be loading upwards of 96 max into memory and try to make dropship mode work. So that kind of came with a lot of optimizations that made their way into public queue. So for myself, which is running on a really nice PC at work, I definitely seem to see faster frame rates in the regular pub matches. Community Warfare still managed to come out, of course, a little bit slower, or even a fair bit slower at the very beginning. Uh, I'll even use the word significantly slower. So one of the first things that we changed, is, of course, was the dead mechs. I mean, mechs are expensive, and the public matches have a total of 24 mechs dead or alive combined. Whereas Community Warfare initially had up to 24 dead max plus 24 link, which was changed pretty quickly. And that was already a significant, you know, 15 frames per second increase for most people. Um, and since then, for this past tomorrow, you will see other both memory, um, CPU time, just all sorts of optimizations. I don't know what to expect yet from the average player, but everybody should see at least some kind of uh, frame rate increase. Some may even see fairly significant frame rate increases. The memory increases are all. We've also worked really hard to um, increase the memory uh, to you know get back memory. We've done a number of things. So and, and one of, of course included is a 64-bit client. So even though we've tried to um, improve the memory consumption significantly, so 32-bit players should be, I hope quite significantly better after tomorrow's patch we also do have the option for the 60 bit four bit experimental release at this point but i think so far in testing we've had very few people have issues with it so i'm expecting that it'll work quite well for most players and that of course if you know much about the, just the way windows and dx9 and dx11 work is uh, 
64-bit is just a million times better with um, its memory management. So if you can run 64-bit, go ahead and do it because it basically means uh, an end to some of the memory issues that the 32-bit client has. So I hope that helps a bit um, and tells everybody uh, what's coming. Excellent. Thank you for your question, Mace. Now, uh, guys, we are going to take a short bio and snack and drink break if you want to grab some popcorn and soda or go to the bathroom, whatever. We're going to take a short break. Uh, Russ, we will uh, join you again in maybe five, ten. Sounds good. All right. Be right back, guys. All right, guys, we are back. This is Darren, a.k.a. Bombadil from No Guts, No Galaxy, and I'm here with Russ Bullock from Piranha Games PGI, makers of MechWarrior Online. Uh, this town hall is focusing primarily on community warfare beta tonight. Uh, if we have the time, towards the end, we'll we'll talk about some other topics, maybe a little bit into the future of MWO. We'll see. Uh, quick thank you to everybody that's helping out. Brandon, Catrakel, Wingbreaker, Deadfire, and uh, the rest of the NGNG crew. Thank you, guys. And, of course, thank you to all of you out there. We totally appreciate you showing up and participating and submitting questions. We've got a lot of questions uh, via the forums and Reddit and live, so we're trying to get to as many of them as we can, um, you know, and as long as we can keep Russ. Um, So if we don't get to your question, we apologize. It's nothing personal. Uh, Hopefully in the next town hall we can get to it. Also, uh, the chat is moderated, so please keep it civil and respectful. We appreciate that. And uh, Russ, you back? You ready to jump right in? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Next question is from KeyCat. And uh, KeyCat asks, are there any plans to make gates less of a free objective? Some way to make them more defensible? No. no. All right. Just kidding. <laughs> Look what up. happens when you get some food uh, in you. More man. defensible. Gates? Oh, boy. I don't know. It, um, or is it only intended to be an early warning? Have you considered moving up spawn points after the gates are captured so that attackers are less strung out? Uh, or is this even possible? That's the end of KeyCat's question. Well, at the moment, as you can imagine, um, it's a little more... Right now, our minds are a little bit more towards how do we allow the attackers uh, more frequently to open the gate and actually penetrate the gate and, you know, move up towards the base and, you know, get into the base and, you know, attack without full-on Zerg tactics. So, I don't know. I think, I think the gates... There's no doubt right now it feels like it's not like it's an epic endeavor to open the gate. Right now it's really more about um, it's more of an early warning. I guess that's fair. And, you know, I don't want to undermine it too much because although someone might say, well, it doesn't really mean a lot. Well, sure, it doesn't if you have jump jets, but you're not getting your direwolves and king crabs and the big mechs through unless the gates opened so it does serve a fairly significant purpose still in that regard so i'm not sure how to evolve from here but i guess i'll just answer that to say our minds aren't quite on that yet right now it's really more focused around how do we make it so the attackers without just pure zerg tactics can open those gates and you know effectively uh, not get jammed up there, but actually make their way, you know, into channels, protected channels, and, you know, make their way up towards the base. I think our end goal is that, you know, defenders should definitely have the advantage, and they always will, but the attackers should, 
you know, with a higher skill level and a better tactic, be able to have a good opportunity of winning and fighting amongst the base rather than just, you know, no chance unless they start to, like, Zerg rush. So, as you can tell, it's an ongoing process. I think tomorrow's changes, I hope, will have a significant impact in that regard. Um, but we'll just keep building from there. Sounds good. Thank you for the question, Keycat. Um, just scanning through. Now, guys, keep in mind that a lot of these questions uh, kind of overlap. So I'm you know, trying to sort through and, and get fresh questions and things that haven't been touched on. Um, the next one is from Tychorius Davion. Uh, he says, referencing the loyalty reward set out by the PDF document that you showed uh, everyone, it was full of what seems like one-time rewards which do not ensure loyalty. Um, will you, will you, or are you ever going to add loyalty rewards that ensure longevity? Um, he has some examples or whatever, but yeah, you get the point. Yeah, good question. Um, I just say yes, yes, yes. There are, of course, we will. That's going to develop um, further. I think we said that pretty clearly in our in our initial patch announcements that. One of our top priorities in the new year is to first off just kind of fix up the what we consider to sort of be minimum launch quality loyalty points. So, you know, significantly more. Right now you're just getting basically you hit a tier and you get some C-bills. We're going to fix that. We're going to retroactively give you a significant amount of items. You saw the PDF. It's like everything from titles, titles that will actually work in-game, right? I think that's pretty significant right there, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and then... C-Bills, combination of GXP and MC, even MC, right? Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we can add depth on that from there. Where we go once that is all fixed up and your titles work in game and you're getting all those rewards from the PDF, where we go from there, I don't know yet. Um, so obviously, you know, the question says, give us more reasons. So we'll be looking for more reasons. And trying to give you those reasons so this could basically i mean community feedback could affect that and so forth so if people have ideas get them to pgi um okay again just kind of scanning through the next one's from ArcSight. he says what happened to mercenaries in community warfare could you just um maybe just talk about mercenaries and and their role now and their what their role could be or would be in the future well I'm not going to probably be able to give the answer great, great peace and comfort to all, uh, you know, mercenary lovers at the moment. Here's the dilemma. I mean, even if you know all the people that love lore and canon and everything else, and they love their great F Legion and Wolf Dragoons or whatever. Bottom line is they they always fought for one of the great houses, right? So a lot of it's pretty much semantics at this point. I hope people take that the right way. Meaning, you know, Great Death Legion always fought for... I'm going to get crushed here if I get something wrong, but I'm just going to go for it. For a, um, a particular house. Yeah, for a particular house. And a lot of them fought for that house indefinitely. Like, right, you know, the entire time they ever existed, they fought for that house. Which really is the exact same thing as what you're playing out right now as saying... I'm accepting, you know, a permanent contract for House Davian, for instance. Now, the only real difference is, I suppose, your unit name 
just has a House Davian flag next to it, not your particular mercenary unit flag. So it might be so simple on the one hand as saying, okay, let you um, portray both your custom mercenary unit flag and your current house that you're affiliated with. Because I certainly don't think we're going to get to a point where like a mercenary unit has their own area of the map, like they're taking over the map. I think probably it's always going to be about, you know, the you know, the six inner sphere factions, the four current clan ones and the, you know, clan ones that are to come to the future. And they're they're the ones that actually have the the actual area on the map. So, there's a few solutions that we can think of. Um, it's something we'll continue to think of, but I also would kind of, uh, I guess, um, ask the players to think about it and let us know what they truly want um, when thinking about it from the perspective that I just laid out. Um, I suppose some of the larger factions, or some of the larger, most well-known um, uh, mercenary units potentially could be joinable factions, but at the same time, that joinable faction will be aligned to one of the great houses and or, or clans, etc. And the map will still be owned by that great house. So that's why I guess in the end we did what we did because a lot of the romanticism around the, the mercenary units, and I share it with you. I mean, I mm-hmm. read the, you know, the Great Death Legion stuff that was one of the main, you know, uh, book series that got me hooked on same Battletech and, and including the Warrior Trilogy and various things. So that one in particular about the Great Death Legion is, is dear to most of our hearts, but is it Davian? Someone correct me. They fought for Davian the whole time, did they not? Yeah. Um, okay, so basically, you know, you can be Great Death Legion, but really all your fighting is still going to end up in the hands of Davian. So that's something I think we need to wrap our heads around and come up with something kind of significant and not just semantics in order for us to change and there's probably some really great ideas out there but as you can imagine we're not sitting there and just you know staying in the boardroom until four in the morning until we come with a great idea right now because we're fixing bugs and we're making sure it's tight and solid and you guys can fight for these 10 factions and um i understand there's a lot of desire for something more on the mercenary merc kind of side of things but i think we have to find out exactly what that is or should be before we we jump into it (coughs) excuse me (coughs) coffee anyway uh yeah there's definitely a lot of uh mercenaries out there that will be interested in that um i do want to point out real quick guys uh people are asking you haven't got to my question yet um we have 17 pages of questions with about 15 to 20 questions per page, and I've literally gotten through two of them. So I'm doing my best to scan through right now, find new, fresh stuff, and get to as many of you as I can. Uh, again, my apologies, uh, my apologies if we don't get to you, but uh, we're doing our best. Next question uh, is from Skyhawk, and he actually has a question that I can answer real quick and move on to one of his other questions. He said... Uh, are you planning on some kind of war news or something regular like the vlog, like a weekly map change update, etc.? Um, or do you want to let the, the, the player base, you know, bring that content forward? If some of you haven't noticed, there is now a weekly update or I'm sorry, weekend update video that's going up. We have the vlog and we have the weekend update. And I'm currently working with Carl and some other people to figure out a way to do essentially um, a map update 
type thing. So we can see the how community warfare is developing each week. Um, so we will be implementing something similar to that. Uh, we're working out the best way to, to present that to you. And I'm sure there's other people. There's just some API info release that uh, already I'm seeing players use. So things along those lines will be coming both from PGI and the player base, I'm sure. Um, but to get to one of Skyhawk's questions, he says, is there any chance in the near, and he means uh, you know, within three, four months or whatever future, we can see a, a real planet map with environmental details and just more details before they drop so they can choose uh, you know, the exact map, uh, mech that they want for that battle. So I guess to expand, it would just be, is there going to be more uh, information given on the pre-battle screens uh, for people to better choose what mechs they want? Um, I'm afraid at this moment in time, I do not know. That sounds logical. And, um, you know, you've got a fair fair amount of time there. I mean, at least a minute, I guess, in the quickest of scenarios to um, change out your drop deck. And I've heard a lot of people mention, you know, multiple drop deck loadouts. So Mm -hmm. all things are possible with time. I think uh, it's always going to come down to a balance of priorities and some people might also tell me hey i'm fine with having one drop deck and one drop deck only um as long as you're working on a brand new mech lab interface so those are the things we deal with and try to prioritize as best we can sounds good now uh you have an announcement or something you want to say is that correct oh no i just um just move on to the next one yeah, go ahead. All right, the next one is, um, are there any, interesting, any planned updates to add the sorting of community warfare statistics via JavaScript to the profile stats web pages? I don't know. Um, I know that Fox worked basically really hard to get you guys the API for the map. I think that's really cool. I think he's more than willing um, and very anxious and excited to help get as many API type tools out to you guys so that you can create whatever it is your heart desires. Um, so, you know, I don't know. We'll have to touch on that again the new year. Um, what was the specific request there, Darren? Well, I think I can expand a little bit and in, in just in terms of stats, like current, well, his, he's wanting to just know if there's going to be more community warfare uh, stats add to the profile and stats web pages on, on mwomerks.com. But I know currently stats aren't being uh, kept for community warfare, right? If you go to your stats on the website, it's that's only solo queue and group queue at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's there's definitely um, in order to get things out in time, there was a we had to leave some stats behind, and we had to make a few shortcuts, especially when it came to um, just all the stats even also if you go into a match with uh say one hero mech um we had to do some uh trickery i suppose whereas if you had one hero mech of the four we essentially just gave you a 30 percent cpo bonus across you know 25 percent of your rewards and a few things along that line including champion mechs um and even the loyalty point bonus uh, phoenix mechs Right now, your XP is chassis-specific, but the C-bills and loyalty points are not. And that's just based on the sheer amount of uh, stat calls that we have to send to the database that we just had to work through, you know, 
that we just need time to work through. So mm-hmm. um, I'd have to check in with some of the engineers when it came to the exact timing of, uh, you know, when full community warfare stats would correctly report to the web page and in, in all manners. Sounds good. Uh, the next question is from Roadbeer. He says, do you see community warfare being taken off the rails? Meaning, will they ever be able to decide which planets they attack along their border? Uh, short of that, possibly adding more attackable planets along the border so they can make more strategic decisions on who to attack, when to attack, etc. Um, follow up, allowing planets along multiple borders to be attacked by multiple forces. An example being the current Merrick Liao truce would allow us to simu- simultaneously attack a Davion planet. So freedom of well, choice as far as attacks. Yeah. Well, I'll try to answer that. I think... I think as some people, you know, realize now with a game like this, um, with you know thousands of players online at the same time, and even though still it's, that's a lot of players, and when you have like three thousand planets or whatever it is, that's just it's just it's just too many, right? We had to limit it in some fashion. So I think there's a possibility, though, that potentially all that matters to us from a I guess from a matchmaking or a technical standpoint is that there's some type of a limit <clears throat> on the contested planet so that we're funneling the player base into um, you know, a particular planet. Because right now, at every any given time, there's still 35 planets up for contestion. So um, that's still a lot, right? I mean, uh, that's that would take significant player counts to fill up, you know, more than that uh, with enough players to have, you know, uh, you know, multiple matches going off on each one. So, so basically, I think I think there is a chance where maybe there could be a process put in place where the players decide what that one planet is. And so like, what I mean by one is, right now there's one planet up for contention on each border of each faction. So, you know, Davian ends up with like five and five, five to defend and five to attack because they border Kirida. Um, Steiner, Merrick, Lau, um, Rosalog. I think that's correct. Yeah, close enough. Um, <laughs> basically, so, you know, there's a lot of plans to attack and defend, and some, you know, some factions right now, like for instance, Lau just borders um, Merrick and Davian, so uh, there's, you know, one to protect and one to attack on each side. So potentially there's a, there's a time in the future where some process is put in place where the players through some process determine what that planet is that they attack um so maybe the one they defend becomes surprised because you you know the opposing faction gets to decide it i think that would be very interesting very cool and it really wouldn't as long as we came up with a process for how that works it shouldn't put any more pressure on the game itself so um i think that could work and uh since that was a question from road beer i'm gonna toss out a little little something to him that's uh I want Roadbear, if he's still uh, listening right now, to uh, you know log in and check your account. Look at your cockpit items. You <laughs> might see a little. You might see a little gift that I that I gave you here tonight. So if you if you're having to look at it, maybe just announce you know in the chat you know what maybe you saw in is. your uh, cockpit items. Very cool. I know what it is. All right. 
Moving on to the next question, uh, and I hope we hear from you, Robier. The next question is from Red Eagle 86, and basically it's a, it's talking about logistics and community warfare and wants to know if and when there might be more logistics added. Now, that's a very general question, logistics. What is that? It could be anything, I'm assuming, from, um, you know, like unit uh, drop ships, customizing things, troop deployment, uh, I don't know, contracts, anything uh, will there be more layers added to the community warfare process that uh, gives the logistical-minded people happiness? Well, I think let's just put a kind of a general answer out there again. We've answered this before, but mm-hmm. I get it. More depth, more logistical awareness. I mean, the answer is yes. Um, let's add more. I think we're going to be cautious, though, about it. I'm not interested in necessarily making... You know, Mecha Online Community Warfare only appealed to, like, your 300 of the most hardcore Battletech fans you know on planet Earth, right? We still need to make it appeal to uh, a bigger group than that. But I think having said that, I think we can still add some depth and logistical uh, stuff and still achieve that. So, uh, yes. Cool. That's There you go. That's a good answer. I like yes. All right. <clears throat> Next question is from Mike Pantera. He wants to know about... Well, a, f- a few people have asked this, like a browser-based um, Intersphere map that updates, um, you know, live, maybe something like an app for smartphones or whatever. Um, basically, for the people that are absolutely addicted to the game and want to be checking in even while they're at work or picking up the kids. Any uh, comments on that? Well, we released the API and... Um... I'm positive some people in the community will probably come something pretty short order, but uh, there is some stuff we have internally. Um, it's not part of our like official work pipeline. We just you know haven't worked it in. It's not going to find priority like that. But there's a couple people at the office that I think have enough vested interest and excitement in making something happen that I'm you know relatively confident something will. And what the, what I mean by that is, of course, we'd love to have like a link on the web page that just takes you to essentially a representation of the map in the sphere at that given moment like you would have if you were in the client. So at the very least, someone's at work or whatever, and they can open up a web page and see the current wins and you know uh, losses or whatever for particular planets so they can keep up what's going on so when they, don't, when they get home, they gotta got to jump on you know a particular planet or whatnot. Well, I already know that, I mean, first of all, this uh, community has some of the most amazingly talented people of any community I've ever been in as far as gaming communities, um, whether that's artists or programmers or anything. Um, but I've already seen people announcing, you know, the apps that they're working on or the web pages. They've even posted some that show, you know, the, the daily trade off of the planet. So whether it's official or unofficial, these things are going to be out there. It's just a matter of probably days. Um, let's see. Loyalty points. Um, okay, here's one. Sand Pit wants to know uh, when can we hope to see varied drop deck weights? Um, you know, different mission types. You've already kind of touched on that, but is there going to be any changes to drop decks? Is it set at 240, or is this something you guys are examining? Is there possibilities for different drop decks on different planets, different game modes, etc.? Yeah, I think at the very least, kind I can of. say we told the engineers from the uh, uh, we told them that. They should expect that we would change the tonnage range from you know the 140 to 240 in the future 
on a per planet basis. So from what I understand is they um, programmed it with that in mind. So a lot of that functionality is there. So still doesn't mean exactly when, but we know at the very least, I'm, I'm almost certain we will see um, tonnage limits change per planet. So for instance, when um, I think the most significant planet loss at this point was um, Lao lost St. Ives the other day. That might have been a situation where you would have seen uh, different drop tonnage and different rules in place. So I think we'll see that at least in the future. That should probably answer the question, I believe. Yes, indeed. Uh, Logan Hawk asks, back when Community War- Warfare was originally going to be a series of campaigns, I mentioned that each campaign could be a different era. You had said that that sounded pretty cool and that Shards might be a good name for them. Is this uh, anywhere close to being a possibility for the future? Different era Shards. Oh, that's an amazing idea. Um, I would love it. But that's extremely difficult based on player counts. I mean, you might have to have the player counts of Dota to kind of pull something like that off. I mean, that's just... You know, if everyone has its own map of the inner sphere um, with 3,000 planets and even just one per border like we have now, 35 planets up for contestion, you have to, you know, you got to have four or 5,000 players at least heavily engaged in every single shard of Community Warfare. So I would love to see that. I just don't know how for sure we could do that. Um, if all of our players were on board, you could do it seasonally. Uh, seasonally seems a little more possible than just having the multiple shards running at the same time just based on how many players it would take to to fill each of those instances. Okay, sounds good. Do you want to touch any more on... I think we covered maps pretty much as far as community warfare is concerned, right? Is there anything else you want to... before I just kind of X out all those questions? No, I think that's it. We talked about the two new ones coming. We talked about potentially adding some kind of maybe you know skirmish landing mode into the current ones those are, are you know sure things plus you know dreams uh it's all we have at the moment sounds good um looking at uh well one thing that keeps popping up this this isn't community warfare based but at least i can get you to talk for a few minutes while i find another um good community warfare question people keep saying one word solaris anything to say on that now i know you've addressed it before yeah, um, I'll just say this. Paul and I talked about just earlier today. Um, I mean, that's all I have right now. It's just, <laughs> it's just cool, right? Everyone wants Solaris. It's well, the fact that you were talking about it today is big in my mind. I mean, that means it's on the table. It's something that's being discussed. So, yes, we're all aware of Solaris and the things that we all want. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. The the, the, the cycle of community warfare, 24-7 nature of it. Um, is First of all, is 24-7, this comes from Poopenshire. Um, is it going to always remain 24-7? Um, or do you, you know, intend to control it at any certain point? Will, are you worried about player burnout if they're worrying about planets 24-7? Um, have you thought about, like, you know, setting it up by time zone and then of course you're dealing with time zone warfare or whatever what are your thoughts on the nature of community warfare and, and around the clock well as you know originally we said hey you know we should have battle windows 
and that was just really about kind of focusing our player base into the peak time zones so like you know european time zone and then like peak north american and then like peak i guess uh oceanic uh, you know australian and kind of go with three different ones during the day but there wasn't a lot of love for that the community wanted a lot more freedom than that to fight throughout the day so you know for the time being i think 24-hour community warfare is here a planet flips every day and like i said i still think at the moment the best idea we have is to change it from 24 hours to something very slightly over 24 hours so that it slowly rotates throughout the week or whatever but um that's not something that's imminent that's not something we're working on yet um, it just remains at the moment to be sort of the best idea we have at making it a little more fair and slightly rotate throughout all of our worldwide player base. But um, yeah, I guess 24 hours is it at the moment. Uh, you know, this. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose I just I think that's what players want, and obviously there's there's nothing bad about 24 hours except for you know the middle of the night from a North American standpoint and the when there's less players on board and there's a few more auto-win type situations happening. So basically, if we can come up with a different solution for for that, then, uh, you know, we'll see. But that, that's that's as much as we have at the moment. Yeah, I think for downtime, I mean, we just need to continue working on developing those time zones and, and the player base from those areas. Um, 24-7, I think, will also be much more feasible as the bugs and so forth are ironed out with matchmaking and queue times and uh, people getting in easier. Um, Ethereal Unity from live chat wants to know, and, and this kind of maybe touches on that a little bit, if 4 by uh, four versus 4 and 8 versus 8 might ever be introduced into Community Warfare, and his, his reference is utilizing some of the older maps that are small and obviously not made for 12v12 Community Warfare, but also that could potentially address maybe the... Um, time zones where there's less of a, a player population but anyway four v4 and eight v8 ever yeah i don't know if they would ever include the those smaller maps that are mentioned but you know the notion of four v4 and eight v8 happening at lower population times is is a, is a good thought it's a you know it's something that's come up and i think there's some validity to that so for now i guess all i'll say is there's definitely a seed there that could grow into something but and it sounds like a you know intelligent solution to um you know our, our non-peak playing times sounds good i'm trying to see did did uh road beer get his cockpit item yeah there was a link there looks like he got his um <laughs> island cockpit items and yeah I, from what i know it uh, actually animates and everything so the way oh yeah move and the water moves kind of bobbles oh yeah you've, you've seen one right you have one oh, yeah i was play so, testing it Actually, I think, you know, Roadbeer might be, like, I don't know, like, the third or fourth person to actually, like, have one of those and run it in his cockpit. So, that was just, um, I don't know. I guess we're, uh, it's been long enough, and uh, it's we made that for fun, and I think uh, right now we can have fun with it, and it's a pretty cool, fun little cockpit item. Phil and I uh, definitely play-tested a little bit to make sure it worked properly. It did. Got a lot of positive reaction. Everybody wants their island. Um Next question is from Russian Wolf 1972. Good year. That's when I was born. He says, with the way community warfare is set now, if you have one account, you're locked uh, on which mechs to play. While those who set up alt accounts, one Intersphere and one Clan, have access to both sets for community warfare. Is there any way to address this? Or what are your thoughts on uh, on that? Well, I think it's fully addressed already, isn't it? I mean, 
you know, we want, we me. talked about yeah, we talked about seasons, and everyone mm-hmm. said no, seasons suck. Um, we have contract lengths, and seven days is not a very long time. And if you want to break that contract, you have a two-day cooldown period. So two days is not a very long time if you'd like to experience all the other content that you own. If you want to run tons of clan mechs for a week and then run tons of inner sphere mechs for a week, I think that's I think that's a very good solution. Okay, first off, let's not forget any content that you own, jump into public queue and just go hog wild, right? Play it all. Even in community warfare, the restrictions are extremely minor. Seven days at the very most, if you don't want to pay any breaking contract penalties, you can swap from clan to inner sphere. So I think that already gives plenty of um, you know, diehard loyal uh, you know, canon people enough heartburn to think of, you know, contract switching into clans and back to inner sphere. I think that's personally I think that goes plenty far as far as saying we appreciate the fact that you love all of MechWarrior and that you've supported us in the game by buying both Intersphere and Clan Packs. And we've tried to give you as many avenues as we possibly can to enjoy that content while still maintaining uh, the spirit of this factional 3049 turning 3050 uh, battle of the Intersphere with the clans invading the Intersphere. Sounds good. Uh, this next question, I don't know who it's from. Sorry, uh, your name somehow got, uh, left out, but he, it's basically about defensive, busting the defense. Uh, will you incentivize, incentivize defenders to come out of their base by providing, uh, destructible buildings? I think I know what you're going to say on that, uh, that have game effects creating a more dynamic battlefield. Well, for now, I'm just focused on trying to give more reasons and more ability for the attackers to penetrate into the base, penetrate the gates, move beyond the gates, get into the base, brawl inside the base, shoot the mini generators, you know, do more than trade shots at the gate. Um, We don't want the Zerg tactic to be king, and we also don't want the attackers sit at the gates nonstop until minute, three minutes left and try to come in. So I want the, once the gates are open for the attackers, ideally to be able to trade some shots while rushing into some protective cover and battling their way up into the base and dealing with the generators, etc. It's going to take a while to get that balance perfect, but that's what I want to achieve. Once that's achieved, I think we can have more depth beyond that. Um, for now, I'm definitely not interested in finding ways of making the defenders to leave the base. Um, at least not until we've solved the other problem. All right. Now, uh, I am having, I'm struggling here um, finding questions that aren't overlapping and kind of addressing some of the things that we've already addressed as far as community warfare. So I'm going to ask uh, Deadfire and Wing, if uh, whoever's still active and helping, if you can please move any pertinent questions that are community warfare based that we have not asked up to the top of the document, I would highly appreciate that. And uh, Russ, are you open to taking some non-community warfare questions now in, until I find more community questions, community warfare questions? Russ, you there? 
Are you there? Yeah, can you not hear me? I think I can... I can hear you. Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, I'm good to go. Sorry, uh, my thing fell on the ground and busted. So now I'm, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> I'm open. I heard you some non-community warfare. Yeah, yeah, right? a few. Maybe this time we'll actually end at uh, at, at eight. The, so at let's, the appropriate time. Yeah, let's take a couple couple questions. All right, I'll I'll keep looking for these uh, community questions, community warfare questions we haven't asked guys, but uh, gonna move into some non-community warfare questions real quick. Um. Bill Lumbar says, how does PGI plan on keeping players interested and staying in MechWarrior Online specifically in relation to the new player experience? Can you repeat that question, please? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Lumbar asks, how does PGI plan on keeping players interested and staying in MWO specifically in relation to the new player experience? Well, I think you might understand what my response would be. Mm -hmm. Um, 2015, I think we'll start out maybe in January, we'll have another town hall, excuse me, and we could have another talk about this, but basically January is going to definitely be quite a bit about hardening up community warfare more, um, more bugs and problems and making sure that there's enough queue information for players to know where to go and, you know, group with your faction members and, I don't know if all this will get in January, but there's a lot of, you know, display your titles and the package for loyalty points. We've still got some debt that we're going to have to pay in January. And then, of course, there's going to be, we have a completely new design for, you know, Mech Lab and the UI in general. That's everything. I know there's lots of questions around how do I search for my modules, how do I search for this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. All of that is planned for. I don't know what you want to call it. I've been told not to call it UI 3.0. You guys can call it whatever you want. It's a complete rework update of the Mech Labs, certainly, and even beyond that when it comes to the user interface. I do not have an ETA on that, but I know we'll be working on it cool. very early in the new year. So there's that. And that also includes a complete first-time user experience, which includes a brand-new tutorial. So there's some plans for you we, mm-hmm. that we're going to do. I don't know when they'll be finished. We're also going to start to work on a Steam integration. Our release on Steam, is it guaranteed at this point? No, it's not. I've talked to Steam. We have our developer, uh, you know, key and all that kind of stuff. And we certainly have all the, I guess, credentials and ability to do so. Uh, But, uh, you know, we're going to continue to harden community warfare and work on this first-time user experience in UI and new tutorials. And beyond that, there's... We're going to work on hit registration. We're going to work on collisions. Uh, we want to get, obviously, mech-on-mech collisions back into the game, including knocking down objects like trees. So there's a ton of work to do. Um, and that's a whole bunch of work that we just need to do to get the game. I guess you could look at it like, you know, when do we take Community Warfare out of beta and basically say, here we go. This is, you know, the online, MechWare Online, you know, clan invasion, etc. Both public queue, community warfare, all that in a non-beta state. That's like, here you go. Awesome. And then at that point, things like Steam release are available to us. And I know everyone wants to hear it. Then it comes down to uh, absolutely at that point, when, when all that's buttoned up, we would definitely start thinking about well, you know, what is another single-player 
slash PVE MechWarrior product look like? <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll, we'll certainly think about it, talk about it. But, you know, that's the thing. There's, um, there's definitely, there's, you know, we've got, uh, I'm sure we could be busy the first half of 2015 just in all the stuff I mentioned from tightening up community warfare, added more game modes into it, more maps, um, more logistics, um, collisions, uh, Command wheel, some VoIP, you know, Steam integration, taking all that out of beta and launching it in Steam. You know, that's there's the first half of 2015 right there. If we want it to be, if that's the way mm-hmm. we focus on it, so it's obscene. There's just no <laughs> end in sight to the work. So trust me, this it's like, um, yeah, I guess we know what we're going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Well, I've seen in, in terms of work, but awesome in terms of uh, the game and it developing further for all of us players. Um, thank you, Deadfire. We do have uh, some more questions lined up regarding community warfare. So the first one is from Resonant1. He says, uh, how are you addressing the auction sniping victories large factions are abusing to flip planets in the last hour of the battle period, rendering all the work done before worthless? Now, I've this this question was act, asked a few times from different people in different ways, but basically, they're saying that throughout the day, the the you know the the planets trading back and forth doesn't really matter. People come in at the last hour and you know solidify their their victories or whatever. Uh, any thoughts on that? Well, it's the same things. I mean, one, we could increase the number of zones there are. So, in case instead of eleven zones and needing six, let's say it's twice that and needing twelve. And then the other thing is the rotating window. You know, again, something we'll look at in the new year is like making that rotate. So if they want to come in the last hour, it's going to change though, right? Uh, the big units in North American time zone, if they want to come at the last hour, are they really going to get up at four in the morning? And then the next day they can get up at five in the morning or six in the morning, seven in the morning to do it every single day. So it gives everyone an opportunity to be the last units kind of pushing at the end. So that's one way. And then the other way is to increase the number of zones. So be careful about how many zones we increase because... If we double it, then if someone wants to push back through counterattacks, they're going to have twice as far to go, essentially, before they can get it reversed. So um, there's a couple things to think about. Those are things we can look at. And I think we will start to increase the number of zones that you have to take over as you get closer, you know, down towards the middle of the Intersphere map. Sure. Um, From chat also, RF Graves uh, has a question about unit skins. And uh, he just wants to know if there can be, you know, unit skins in the future, a one-time purchase for the leader for all members, et cetera, or maybe by the unit um, using unit coffers. I want to expand on this, though, because I'm seeing it with units out there right now. Uh, you know, a lot of units, especially now because Community Warfare is out, they're wanting people to get in unit colors or, you know, maybe even specific patterns or whatever. Um, will there any be any way to add that kind of thing to the, to the unit so that... Maybe um, there's some kind of unit discount on certain color, three colors and a pattern or something like that. Any way to put that in the control of the units, making allowing units to uh, specialize more or, or customize themselves more. And I guess that can also roll into uh, decals or decals if you'd want to. Well, I think the only way I can answer that at the moment is to say we have our plate's full there. And I think the priority list is something like this. Um we have the resistance pack coming out, which is going to introduce the faction packs or the faction skins for um, the other six fac- of the ten current factions. So you'll have all ten of the current factions will have 
um, faction skins. And then we've got to go and do the work where we retroactively make sure that all those faction skins don't just work on, you know, those specific packs, but work on all the additional mechs. So that means that the faction skins for Wave 2 need to work on not just the four mechs or the five mechs, Mad Dog and the four from Wave 2, but also the other eight. And works on all of them. And then Resistance has to work on not only, you know, those four from the Resistance pack, but all the Inner Sphere mechs. We need to get all that done. Plus, we've got a strong desire and request from the community to make sure that you can change the colors on the channels of the faction skins. So I think that's our priority list there to make sure that every single mech can, for Inner Sphere, can run the six Inner Sphere faction skins, and all the clan mechs can run the four various clan skins and then beyond that allow the various units to change the colors um within the faction skin and then if we get all that work done maybe we can think beyond that to the unit level of like what can we do to make units stand out but it sounds to me like at that point a unit could pretty much um especially if they have the faction skins and they can change the colors they can come out with the exact kind of color scheme that you want to modify the faction skin for. So let's see how that desire and request changes when uh, we get all that other work done. Absolutely. Um, Goliath from live chat wants to know, you did touch on this a little bit. Um, he wants to know if there can be former, I'm sorry, formal politics for community warfare, um, formal alliances, alliance chat, alliance leader chat, etc. Now, this, I'm sure, has a lot to do with UI developments like you were just speaking of, not just community warfare development, but, um, yeah, just an easier way to communicate. For example, what's already happening is, um, you know, you might be dropping with a unit and they want to know how the rest of your faction, what planets they're focusing on, uh, which, you know, planet to attack immediately, like real time. Like, should we move to this planet or should we stay on this planet? Um, an easier way for for interfaction units to be communicating and organizing uh, on an, a formal way. Yes, more all the time, nonstop. It's going to be so much to blow your mind. Uh, that's that's it, Darren. I'm tapped out, man. That's like <laughs> like more, 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 more. more I know. More. The answer to all these is yes. We more. We, yeah. Yeah. So I just want to thanks say thanks everybody. I think that um, you know we've had a good. Uh, very exciting and a good run here in the last three months. I think the team basically pulled off a miracle and, you know, getting this, this community warfare beta out into everybody's hands. And we, we basically had to start it, you know, in September when, when we removed ourselves from IGP, you know, it was really uh, no work done before that. Um, besides the unit creation stuff was done, but not, um, you know, anything else with community warfare that was all done since then. Um, it's a, massive amount of work and just epic proportions the the engineers that have been involved did just an amazing job so hats off to them hats off to you guys for waiting so long uh, continue to spread the word please and tell everybody that they should come back and play MechaWarrior Online they should play Community Warfare um, I think you know when we first released the game uh, or when we got free of IGP rather that you know there was uh you know just a complete change in management everything with the game and even like we did the pull amnesty program and kind of invited everyone back and said come back 
Um, that went really well, by the way. I think for the most part, everyone really saw it for what it is and saying, you know, we're things are just totally different now, and they accepted that, and, and everyone's got along really well. I will say they'll like come, you know, like tomorrow, for instance. I'm kind of throwing that whole thing back in the hands of the community managers. I guess in particular, the customer support staff. Now I do not have time to manage it anymore personally. Um, I think they've really understood like kind of what our new policy is, and like everything's really good, and everyone's. Uh, Everything's I just just working really well. So, um, yes, I guess, uh, guess thank yes, you yes. for you know for being uh, great Mech Warrior players and and uh, yeah, just please uh, continue to play and keep letting us know what you want and um, we'll just keep trying to make the game as 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 good as we can. Absolutely. I want to thank everyone for showing up tonight. We totally appreciate it. All the questions that were submitted earlier, all the questions that were submitted live. Again, I'm sorry that we couldn't get to all of them. Um, I think we can probably arrange, you know, in the new year, pretty soon in the new year, uh, another town hall, uh, kind of a, you know, recapping some of this and expanding on where we'll be going in 2015. Russ, you'd be up for that something in January, February. Roger that. Roger that. Merry so you Christmas, heard it here. Everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And also uh, look for the next uh, weekend update video will be coming out Friday. Uh, it'll have some really good information for you on things that will be happening over the break. Um, maybe some events and uh, stuff I can't talk about. But anyway, it's coming out Friday. It's going to be some cool stuff. Some of you are asking about that. What's going to be happening over the holiday? Well, stay tuned. Actually, that info might be released tomorrow even. I don't know. But before the uh, weekend update. But anyway, we'll have that weekend update out on Friday. We'll have a vlog coming in the new year and uh, another town hall as soon as possible. So, again, thank you all. Uh, Phil, hope you're feeling better, buddy. Um, thank you for everybody that worked out, worked behind the scenes. Wingbreaker, Catch Raquel, Deadfire. Appreciate it. Uh, everybody in the NGNG crew. Um, and, of course, all of you viewers and uh, listeners, we appreciate it. This will be up on uh, SoundCloud and uh, YouTube as soon as possible. We'll get the info out so that uh, anybody that missed it, missed part of it, whatever, you can pass it out. We appreciate you all for being here. And Russ, thank you, sir. Uh, we appreciate you especially for sticking around after a long day of work and you just explain how much work you guys are having to do every single day. And uh, enjoy your holiday, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Merry Christmas, everyone. See ya.